I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, The world might be ending, but it doesn't mean that the podcasts are going to stop coming. Um, We are back with another episode this week. And uh, really excited to throw this one to you. It's going to be our, our live show that we had in Vancouver with our friend Maya. Um, this episode was was uh, a really special one. I, I, first of all, I just want to say huge, huge shout out to the Biltmore Cabaret and to everybody who showed up to the show that evening. Um, I'm still riding off of that high, and it's been it's been a couple of weeks. Um, so thank you, everyone who came out to show your support and to hear Maya's, um, which you are about to hear, a wild, wild story. Um, and uh, yeah, and then I, I guess I also kind of there's a couple of things I wanted to say. So uh, coronavirus is uh, <laughs> it's here, it's hardcore. Um, I'm 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 hunkered down in my uh, my home. I'm practicing some social, uh, distancing. Um, and I, I just wanted to throw that out there for anyone who, who isn't practicing that right now. Um, I urge you to just consider that for a moment, consider it for your community, consider it for your, um, for our, you know, our, our whole healthcare system. Um, and if you're not familiar with what social distancing is or what that means, uh, do a quick little Google search. Actually, Vox has a great article that kind of gives a rundown on what that what that can look like for for people. So uh, let's let's do our best to take care of the community and to to think about those people who are um, who are a little bit more uh, at risk, like myself, and like right now, like people like Maya, um, today's guest, and like your your grandparents, or like your friend who just had a baby. Um, you know, there's this. This isn't about. We need to start thinking about others in these moments, and uh, I think it's it's a time for us to come together. And I, I feel like that's happening. So that's that's really wonderful. Um, and speaking of social uh, distancing and self quarantining and social isolation, uh, take care of your mental health. Um, you know, this is uh, these are hard times. And so make sure you're doing whatever it is that you can do to, to add some self-care. Um, and I think this is also kind of a good time to bring up um, our partnership with Be There, um, created by Jack.org. Um, if you're unfamiliar with Be There, they are, uh, it's, it's an organization, it's, a, it's a, basically a movement to provide, um, to provide a resource for people to reach out and be there for the people in their life who are struggling with their mental health. And I think at a time where we are right now, um, 
I think everybody's mental health is going to need a little bit of a little bit of care. So um, if you have some time today, uh, go check out Jack.org. Um, check out their initiative called Be There and and see how you can uh, be there for somebody in your life who might need a little bit of uh, extra love. Um, okay, we're going to throw it to this week's episode. But before we do, uh, Maya, Maya in the recording, it talks about a couple of options that she is facing uh, for her for her ankle, her foot. Um, she had a, a really severe injuries from a car accident, which you're about to hear about. And um, there's been a long lasting injury in her in her leg, uh, her ankle in particular. And she was facing uh, she was facing a amputation of her foot. However, there was another option that came up, which was uh, some sort of fusion slash bone marrow transplant. And so she was kind of on a list to, to go through with that. And oddly enough, there was a cancellation. And a few days after our recording with Maya, she got the phone call from her surgeon. So she, this past weekend, during this entire coronavirus shit show, Maya uh, went through with her surgery. And she for sure could use a little bit of extra love right now. Speaking about be there. So if you, uh, if you want, go over to Instagram and add, look up and add living now with Maya. That's her Instagram handle living now with M A I A Maya. And, uh, just let her know that you listened to her episode and that you're thinking of her and, uh, that you're rooting for her to get through the other end. Um, she's, she's going through recovery and it, it seems like it's a pretty rocky road. And I don't know if you've ever been, uh, through surgery, but the hardest part is, is the, the weeks that, that follow. Uh, It's not when you're knocked out and the doctors are working. It's, it's all that time to recover. And she definitely has a long road uh, ahead of her. So head on over to Instagram, living now with Maya. Go send her some love and uh, tell her we sent you. Okay. Hope you enjoy this week's episode. Uh, Stay safe out there, folks. Um, And, you know, pet your dogs, kiss your cats and uh, wash your, wash your goddamn hands. And don't fuck, don't touch your face. Okay. All right. Love you. Enjoy this week's episode. have to say when you're in a city like Vancouver what's up we'll just say we'll just yell Vancouver mid-show if you we think y'all are getting a little lazy <laughs> what, did, what did y'all think about that video that Brian made of murdering Whoa. a fucking kitten why do you have to throw me under the bus right away I didn't like it <laughs> I didn't like it <laughs> you lied to us for, for two hours before the show <laughs> Um, uh, Brian made that uh, literally five minutes before we came up here (laughs) I gotta say Brian I am impressed with your skills (laughs) but the kitten didn't deserve it yeah I know you're right Uh, how the fuck is everyone doing (laughs) 
Yeah. How's everyone doing? Vancouver, how are y'all doing? <laughs> it's Friday night. There's a, it is Friday night. We never do this on a Friday night. We yeah, usually sweet. like at school nights when we do this. Yeah. Um, uh, there's apparently a rap show going on above us tonight. So I just want to like, I kind of want to fuck it up. Uh, so, <laughs> so make some noise whenever. Hey, you know, you know, just make noise whenever. I, I really don't. Yeah. 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 Any of that shit. Um, uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Especially yes. those kinds of sounds. <laughs> More of that. <laughs> uh, we uh, we landed here a couple days ago. As soon as our plane landed, uh, I was convinced I had coronavirus. <laughs> Turned out I was wrong. It was strep throat. Um, yeah. Went to a walking clinic the moment our plane landed, and uh, and it's fucking crazy how fast amoxicillin kicks in. <laughs> Any doctors or health professionals in the audience tonight? Make a little more noise. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> it's so funny because Jer was like, it's so crazy how quickly amoxicillin kicks in. And he's like, I'm, like, I'm not going to be contagious in like 24 hours. And I was like, that's fucking like 24 more hours than you are contagious. Than you're contagious for, <laughs> for, and we have to be around you for all that time. Share a hotel room. So I think Taylor and I both have strep throat. How do you guys feel? I feel fine. I feel fine. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Fuck you. Um, so so we've we've we're, we've been here for a couple of days. We spoke at a conference yesterday, which which is amazing. Um, and and today, uh, yeah, yeah. Were you there? Oh yeah, right. So, yeah, the crew. Yeah, all right. I was like. They were just like, yeah, conferences! <laughs> we love them! Um, and uh, today, I, I kind of broke, broke away from you guys for a bit, and I, di- I didn't tell you much about what I was doing, but today I was hanging out with my friend Katie, and she's working on... Um, actually, last time we did a show in Vancouver, I threw Katie under the bus. I have to apologize. Was it, who was at our last live show here with Stormy at the Rio? <laughs> Oh, sweet. So Katie right. was the one who I told the story about how I took her Vagisil and was putting it on my, my athlete's foot. <laughs> so again, Katie, I'm sorry. I just wanted to publicly acknowledge the Vagisil <laughs> uh-huh. and the way that I threw you under the bus for said I believe, product. I believe she actually clarified to us after the show that she was using the Vagisil for her athlete's foot. That, That's this right. Is, this is true. <laughs> Um, so I was hanging out with Katie today, and she's she's a filmmaker, <laughs> and Katie is working on a, a film project ab- about death and dying, and the way that uh, the Western world views death, and and the the taboos and the the stigma surrounding death, um, and also she's looking to like explore all the weird and wacky things that you can do with your body after you die. Now I don't know if many of you know this, but there are many different. Qu- crazy things that you can do after you're dead uh, outside of the, the normal sort of well, put you, me in a box, put me in, underground and, and you know cover me with cement. You can't do them after uh, you're dead. Yes. Someone will have to do it for you. Right, yeah. Obviously. Um, and we've talked about this on the show a couple of times, but yeah. there was a couple of things that I learned today that you I don't think you guys know about, and I want to run this by you before we get to our, our guest um, this evening. I want to run a couple of these things by you and see what your thoughts are on this. And this is super fresh. I have no idea. You have no idea what's coming it's for you right is, now. Is this like a would you rather? Uh, it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of like a little would you rather. Do I have to look back? Um, so what do you think this is right here? 
Cryogenesis. Oh. That's uh, you get frozen. Yeah. That's right. People that will yeah. be revived in 2087. So earlier today, I called a company <laughs> out of the blue <laughs> that exists in the U.S. and they're called uh, they're called Cryonics, I think. Yeah, Cryonics Institute. And I asked them what the deal is, and this is. I thought this was fucking. I thought this was a theory. I didn't realize that this is a thing that is actually currently happening. Yeah, dude, I'm the, looking into it. I forget that we live in the future. I think they did it in the very first Austin Powers film. Yeah. <laughs> That's where the technology first became available. Wait, wasn't, wasn't Walt Disney frozen? Um, yeah. Right? Yeah, but that's like... That's like... I heard that's a few, bullshit. Fuck off. No, it that. isn't. I don't know, man. I heard, of, I, heard, I heard a few very confident Whatever. yeses in the crowd. Yeah. Like, it wasn't like, yeah, it was like, See, yes. you know, it's amazing. Yes. It's, it's amazing doing this podcast live because if we were in the studio, you guys would have both been like, fuck off, Brian. But there's actually people who are like, yeah, dude, Someone's that like, is real. It Brian, is real. Brian's right. <laughs> well, how much, how much, so, so here, so I called and I was like, hey, can I do this? And they were like, uh, yeah. And I was like, wait, what? And they were like, yeah, so if you want to do a full body cryo, it's... As opposed to... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just your brain, duh. Uh, Obviously. And just, and, well... Your wiener? (laughs) No, no, no. no. (laughs) I was going to go, yeah, fuck it. Uh, So so full body cryo is $200,000 U.S., Wor- worth, it. worth it. Heard of worth it. Man, what, fuck. I forgot we're in Vancouver. You all ball out. <laughs> so $200,000 US for your full body. That's like 2% of a house. <laughs> um, but then the, the other option is, is just the neuro. So like they'll just freeze your brain, I guess. Right. And that's 60000 which is significantly less than... Are they giving you the prices over the phone? Yes. Straight up. No way. So, so I asked her, I was like, look, I got CF. It's like a degenerative disease. I'm like, I'm going to die like kind of soon. Sh- uh, should I, <laughs> I forego the full body thing and just do the brain thing? And she goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, fuck. fuck up. So certain really? with yeah. such little facts. Oh, yeah. So anyway, approximately 2,500 people around the world have bet on cryonics as their chance at having an afterlife. Um, signing up for there's there's two different cryo preservation facilities. So one's called Alcor. This is the company I called today, Alcor Life Extension Foundation. This, this episode oh, is sponsored man. by Alcor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, they're based out of Arizona, and the other one's the Cryonics Institute in Michigan. So that's these guys here. So those vats, those are full body vats. Like that's what a bot, like a body would be. Is that not a little bit fucking mind blowing? Like I was a little shocked. There should who, who hears like yeah we know. Anybody? Yeah. Shut the guy, up, the guy that's very sure about Walt Disney. Right. Um, there should be windows in those, though. So here's a little... Don't you want to see inside? <laughs> I, do, I do want to see. Just, just some... <laughs> um, 290 people are currently actually cryopreserved in the world. 290. Uh, and including two Canadians and one British Columbian. Oh, nice. Give yourselves a round the other, of The other one's from Newfoundland. <laughs> just like, that ah, fucking bar, let's give her. <laughs> See how she goes. 
All right, so I guess the reason I brought this up, um, would you would you fuck with this? I mean, Taylor, would you why, fuck with this? Why? I mean, if I got the money, for sure. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, I guess why not? It's an it's an insurance policy that you. It's like well, if you got to go, I'm going in the ground. If my two options are going in the ground or going in a tank where I could possibly be brought back to life later. Yeah. But wait a minute. Do you? Is so that really a question? They just they freeze you once you're dead. Don't think about it. Would you do it or would you not, Brian? <laughs> uh, oh, dude, I would for sure do it. Okay, now, yeah. now. They're like, but it has to be today. <laughs> <laughs> well, here, here is my, um, my follow-up. So you could do that, okay? But what if you also had the option to do this? Now, you're never going to come back. This is like a Price is Right <laughs> this is. Like episode where you're like this showing is. me all of my... What if, what if you you for sure were going to get cremated? All right, here's the other option. For sure get cremated. You're for not sure. coming back. No. But you get to send your shit into space for $2,500. This is fucking prices that's, right. That's uh, a... <laughs> I, I say zero. Take the space. Z- zero. <laughs> I say zero dollars or one dollar. Wait, this is not how this works. <laughs> what? Would you... <laughs> What do you think about this? Would you rather... So here's how this works, just in case you're not aware. You would go up into space. Your ashes would go up into space. And you would orbit the Earth for two years. And then very poetically, your ashes would re-enter the Earth's atmosphere and burn up like a shooting star. And and I'm sure part of your ashes would... Yeah, exactly. Rain down and you'd look up and someone goes... (laughs) Taylor? And... and, (laughs) And everyone oh, would eventually it, breathe me in. Yeah. yeah. Would you would you rather be in a tank floating around with your dick out or would you rather do that? I'm dick out, I think. Still with the cryo- cryonics? There's I have too many I mean, questions. Yeah, why not bet on coming back? Brian, I said don't think about it. One or the other. <laughs> oh well, well, I would definitely do the cryo, but I'm curious like when do you come back? Like, do you choose? I don't do you know choose this. When they but figure out how it actually works. Jesus Christ. <laughs> They're just like, all right, everybody, we're going to put you in a tank, and we're, we're, we kind of think that maybe think the, it might work in, like, 40 years. I think the cryo has to be a waste of money because you freeze yourself, and then... It's for and sure then, a waste of money. <laughs> you know the guy that's like, uh, I don't know, uh, $200,000? <laughs> Oh, there's 2,300 of you that will fucking spend that? Yeah, come on in. In in theory... We don't even need to do the research. In theory, it's really cool, but I imagine like the company just that goes... That person has enough money to buy a house in Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> but I imagine the company just going broke in like 50 years and being like, well, we just have to terminate the business, and then they just let everybody unthaw. <laughs> it's just a bunch of dead oh, fucking bodies. <laughs> like, well... All right. They're dead. They're well, not going to us. SpaceX buys all of them, <laughs> get cremates them. Sends them out into space. Well, hold on, hold on, though, hold on. There's another option. This is the this is the last one for you to choose from. Now, you could be frozen, dick out in a vat. You could be put on a spaceship and do a couple trips around the Earth and then burn up like a beautiful star, shooting star. Or you could be put in a dildo so that your partner could still feel close. And the, the way they feel close is by fucking themselves with your ashes in them. How much? Now, this, how much? Yeah, how much, is, is, how much? Is, is the question. 
I love how oh old. Oh my god, that's what I it love looks like. how old those hands are. <laughs> <laughs> Granny, <laughs> where's Pop Pop? <laughs> He's in me. <laughs> right here. Look at this fucking thing, though. Wait, why are you having that conversation while he's in her? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's nasty. So many questions. <laughs> so many follow-up questions to this. So, so I think this is how this works. I, I didn't do too much research, <laughs> but I think this little gold thing vibrates. There's probably a battery in here, and then the, the ash is kind of just sitting here so you can, you can see it. <laughs> do they move around? Is it like a... And then I don't know what this part is, but... <laughs> Like, does it kind of make, like, a salt shaker kind of sound? And it comes with this beautiful little, like, um, I don't know, like, Gucci box. <laughs> it's very ornate. Yeah. So, all right, so, do you want to get, do you want to, do you want to be in a vat, dick out? Dude, you're, do you want to go to space? Hold on, let me finish. Or do you want to just continue fucking? <laughs> you floored me with the dildo. I'm going dildo. <laughs> yes. Hands down. Hands down. All right, well, let's, let's throw it to the audience. <laughs> Round of applause. <laughs> in a vat? In a vat? Oh, shit. Nobody. Right, hold on. Dude, I would totally take the vat. In space? <laughs> like Granny keep fucking you? Oh, you nasty. Y'all I think there nasty. was less people, but the people that really wanted it, really wanted it. <laughs> Well, shit, that, was, uh, that didn't go where I thought it was going to go. That was um, wonderful. How about this? Let's get on with the fucking episode. Uh, please put your hands together. Very warm Vancouver round of applause for your guest tonight, our friend Maya. Fucking standing, uh, 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 so uh, one, uh, uh, you know, one ninth standing O. <laughs> Fuck, <laughs> never had that before. Before it even starts. Um, just, just remember, you can shout out anything and make any sounds the entire show. Okay? That's right. Don't forget that. We encourage. Thank you, <laughs> uh, Maya. I guess we'll start with the the question that really matters: mm-hmm. uh, tits out in a vat, uh, going to space, or in a fucking dildo. Dildo. Yeah. Dildo. It's the most natural choice. Makes the most sense. Um, I'm excited to to dive into this. This will be the second time that we've done a live show where we've spoken to a guest who has gone through something similar to what you've gone through. Um, uh, Usually we sit down and we speak to people who live with like a, a chronic disease um, or an illness that they've lived with for like the majority of your life. Your situation's a little different from that in that you've, you went through a pre-traumatic event. Um, I mean, I, I would say it's safe to say like not too long ago that has fundamentally changed your life for the forever. rest of your life. Yes. Yeah. Yes, definitely forever. Uh, why don't you lay it down on, on everyone what, what happened to you and, and when that was? Yeah. Um, so we're coming up on six years, but uh, on June 9th, 2013, uh, my mom and I were hit by a drunk driver and I was 19 years old and being 19 years old, I mean, that rocks your boat. I mean, rocks anybody's boat, but, um, 
really affected my life because I had just finished my first year of university and uh, my mom was in the car with me as well. And she's still here and I'm so grateful for that. But uh, we had to go through something that I know a lot of people go through, but no one should ever go through. Mm -hmm. Um, And we spent a long time in the hospital in Calgary and I broke a lot of bones and I had to learn how to walk again. And then those bones were rebroken and then learn how to walk again. And that's happened a few times and it's about to happen again really Wait, soon. Rebroken just like just because you're you know so fucking you gnarly nose, that you Yes. Uh, yeah. Like, you know when you break your nose and they have to rebreak your nose? They have to like reset it. it. They reset it pretty oh, much. No. Yeah, yeah. So for my leg. Oh, yeah. Because it, it, is that because they fucked up the first time? And it's they were like, it was ah, so fucked up the it didn't, first time. Oh, really? Yes, it was just so fucked up the first time. And then they tried to fix it the first time, and all they could really do was just like plaster it back together and say, hey, hope it works, but it probably won't. Holy shit. And it didn't. And so then I go in again, and uh, that one didn't work <laughs> is that either. Like, but is that like the way that, it, the way that shit breaks? It's, like, it's not like it was like a, a clean, something clean where they could just... It's it like there was a shat- bone explosion. Yeah. It, it's bone explosion. Yeah. yeah. Explosion. Yeah. See, my, my little... Kind of like what happened to the cat. My... Oh. <laughs> yeah. Brian, Don't you remind asshole. Us. It wasn't my... <laughs> you should have put a fucking trigger warning at the top of that thing, you dick. <laughs> I'm sorry, um, everybody. My sister, my sister, when she was younger, broke her arm. And uh, she had a cast, and she was in the cast for a little while. And then they're like, "All right, Natasha, like we're gonna cut your cast off." And they cut the cast off. And when they took the cast off, I think the doctor was like, "Go," because <laughs> there was still this fucking like gnarly lump. And I remember that they were like, "Well, we're gonna have to re-break it and reset it." And I always thought about how uh, crazy that job is. To be the one that goes, I re-break the bones. <laughs> like, Orth- ortho doctors are fucking insane. That is n- like, they are insane. They listen to hard metal in the operating room. It's... I love that you say them they, as in, like, they're, they're the stereotype. They all do. They all do. They all do. Everyone <laughs> I've had, yeah. <laughs> what do they do, though? Do they just take like How your leg or your it? arm and just yeah. like... Break well, it I'm over not awake when shin it happened, so I'm not too sure, but... <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I always picture... I, I mean, I picture my... Oh, I uh, but I, I always picture my little sister uh, with her arm in a vice and then like two or three full grown doctor doctors just oh, going God. one, two, three, and then they whole, like haul yeah. on it. Yeah, that's the way to make a clean break and put it back together well. <laughs> and she was like five. So uh, she just had no chance. <laughs> um, oh my God. So I guess we don't know how they do it with you. I'm not too sure, no, but I know that they had to do it. Does anyone actually know how that works? Uh, Who said yes? Yeah? A what? A what? A what? A chisel? Hammer, chisel, and a saw. Hammer, chisel, and a saw. Hammer, chisel, and a saw. (laughs) Those are such normal tools. (laughs) Just... uh, Is that is is there like I know if I did like a like a Chinese accent right now, (laughs) that would be considered not okay today. (laughs) But but is is it okay that I just butchered your your uh, I'm gonna say Northern English accent? (laughs) I went to theater school. Don't worry about it. We can talk after. What's up? I like how you you. 
<laughs> you butchered her accent, and then you guessed where it was from, and that made it okay. That made it fun. <laughs> I'm going to say you're weird from this region. As if, I did. <laughs> As if I did a Chinese accent and was like, you're from blink, like, uh, fucking. <laughs> Not even going to go there. You could have picked like. I, sh- like, I should have said Wuhan province. <laughs> yeah. But then I thought that wasn't okay. And it's like, why the fuck? All right. Anyway, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so you're digging with a hammer and a chisel and a saw. And a saw or. Um, so so anyway, so you you get into this accident. Oh um, I want I want to actually just bring this up for a second. So let's yeah let's get serious. Oh whoa! Um, this is I, I'm assuming your car. This is my car. Yep. Were you driving or was your mom? I was driving. Oh. Yeah, we had just switched about like 45 minutes before the crash. Were you on a road trip somewhere? Or? Um, so I had just finished university at U of C. Holy! So oh. we were going back to Nelson. Oh yeah. whoa! Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Nelson. Sweet. Nelson's fucking um, sweet. Yeah. Love Nelson. Yeah. Now, uh, is it w- when this happened like um it was it was it night drive nighttime driving middle of the day? What was uh, the 5 p.m. like a gorgeous day. Um I it was completely sunny out, so it had nothing to do with the sunlight being dark out. It was just strictly impaired driving. Do you, do you, do you remember the moment yeah. specifically? I remember everything. I blacked out for about four minutes. And Holy shit. Then woke up again. So I remember everything mm. from before, after, and then and then obviously not when I was in a coma. Can but. you can you describe what that impact is like? Because I've I've been in like one I wouldn't say bad car accident, but it was it was pretty intense. Mm-hmm. Um I was driving with uh, a friend of mine who had just got her license when we were 16, and she was telling me on this drive uh, that her friends were making fun of her earlier that day for being a bad driver, and I was like, no, you're, you're fine. You're doing great. Just Then she turned left on a green light, and when she turned left, there was oncoming traffic, and we got T-boned by a car going like 80 kilometers an hour, but it hit the van kind of like just behind where I was sitting, and everybody was okay. It was pretty intense, but um, but nobody got hurt, so it wasn't really a bad accident. What do you? Can you describe what it's like to be in an accident where there's that much damage that happens? Yeah. Um, well, right before it happened, we recognized that we were going to get hit, but maybe a split second, like mm-hmm. shorter than a second. Yeah. And when we recognized that we were going to get hit, I tried to turn the wheels and it happened. Mm. There was nothing we could do. But um, when I woke up, I woke up because someone was yelling at me and it was uh, someone who was driving by with his wife and he woke us up and to tell us that um, someone was on their way. But we were in a weird spot outside of Cranbrook, BC, and uh, there's nobody really there. Literally nobody there. It's the boonies. So we had to wait quite a while, about 20 minutes for people to come for us. Um, And so when I woke up, though, I was totally out of it. I had no idea what was going on. I definitely thought it was a dream. Um, But then what kind of got me back to was when I looked down, I saw both my arms and they were both broken. And that was kind of like the, oh, fuck, this is real. Like I couldn't lift them. They looked like little pieces of spaghetti um, oh. as gross as that is it's what it looked like and uh that kind of brought me to were they like compound fractures or it's or? the one where uh what is that trans transverse is that what it's called like it goes uh, bone like saw that. lady transverse yeah. 
Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got a lot of those, so yeah. Transvas, so, I believe is what. Yeah, transvas. <laughs> I'm not going to even try. <laughs> I'm so, sorry. Yeah. So is that like you're, you're driving and your hands are holding onto the wheel and yeah, it just yeah. like shatters oh, in yeah. on so itself? Yeah, so it's the impact oh. going like that and so it breaks like that. Fuck. Um, and so both of them were like that, but I also had broken my right wrist too, so that was totally spaghetti flop as well. Um, was so your feel, was your um, uh, sorry to cut you off, but, but no, no wait, like you're you're looking at your spaghetti arms, you you realize like this is the, this either this is a fucking nightmare or this is the worst day of my life. Yeah. Do you do you have any sort of um, is there any sort of part of your mind that that is is thinking like is mom okay? Or, I or totally you forgot s- she was there right. until I could hear her. Oh, fuck. Um, and I don't think it was very long of me not recognizing that someone else was in the car with me. But when I did hear her, um, she couldn't breathe. And that's what I caught on to. Um, and uh, sorry, I'm going to hit a hard spot for me. But the most intense part um, for your question was when... I looked to her and asked if she's okay. She told me she was going to die. Whoa. And, like, I know car accidents happen every day, but uh, that's what it feels like to be in that one. Mm-hmm. With yeah. Your mom telling you she's going to die, that's what it feels Holy like. Holy shit. So that was the hardest part. Even with, like, knowing that I was not okay, just being told that someone that I loved is going to die... Um, and her telling me that, mm. that's, that was the hardest part. But then they took her out because they wanted to take me out. <coughs> the engine had fallen on my leg, so they didn't know if I was going to be able to ever walk again. Mm. And they wanted to get me out right away. But my mom told me and only me that she was going to die. So I knew this. So I relayed that message to the paramedics and they actually took her out. And within about two minutes, she went into cardiac arrest. Holy fuck. Yeah. So it was meant to be that, like, because she's still here with us and she's healthy and she's living her life, well, as healthy as she can be. Um, But when they took her out, yeah, she went into cardiac arrest and I was left alone for about 45 minutes in the car because they couldn't get me out. Because um, they didn't have the machine that... The jaws, jaws of, of life. life. Yeah. Um, is, there, is there a fear that if they move you to with like, especially with the engine being on you, yeah. that like they could pull it off? That's and- why it took so long because um, they had to cut out the whole door. And then, uh, so like that door, they, they fully cut off and then they pulled me out, but they had to pull me out clearly a very specific way. But when they pulled me out, that was the first time where, like, the adrenaline was gone and I blacked out and all the pain just started flooding in. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, Up until that point, you, did you I really was feel just anything? like, I'm good. <laughs> like, I'm here. Um, like, this is fucking crazy. But I was, there was so much adrenaline rushing through me yeah. that mm-hmm. I, I couldn't feel shit. And then as soon as they pulled me out, I started screaming, where the fuck are the meds? Mm. And they are not allowed to give you medication until Whoa, you get to really? the hospital. That was a 20-minute drive in an ambulance with literally broken from uh, up here, from top of my nose, Holy pretty shit. much down to my toes. Holy And God. no medication. Why is that? Uh, they're not allowed to administer um, pain medication in an ambulance. I don't know why. Oh, shit. I've never asked why. Be, All um, I know is I was screaming at them and... 
That must be a provincial, a provincial thing. I, I, I got hit by a car recently and, and, and broke my pelvis, and it was oh. like, it was like, here, fentanyl. Really? <laughs> right away. Oh, <laughs> like, oh God. It. I was <laughs> screaming. They were like, have all that. you want. <laughs> oh, they weren't, they weren't giving me anything what I would have done for a little bit of something in that moment. But, yeah. So yeah. They, they rush you to the hospital, yeah. um, and you, you, you kind of like, you're like, oh, we got hit by a car, yada, yada, and then I'm like, I was in a coma, but anyway, blah, blah, blah. Um, <laughs> you, uh, so coma, uh, that's, that's like... Uh, kind of a big deal. Um, you don't meet many people that have been in a coma. Um, it, was this was this an induced coma, or like was this like after everything wore off? You were like, "Well, good night." Induced <sighs> for me, induced for my mom. She went into a coma. Wow. Okay. And we, I'm, I could be wrong. My dad's the <coughs> one that knows this the best, but I'm pretty sure we woke up on the exact same day. Whoa. They woke me up, and she woke up naturally. Whoa! Sure. Whoa! Yeah. How, yeah. how long were you in the coma? Don't even say pretty sure. Just fucking stick to that. Yeah, That's, yeah. we woke okay. up yeah. on the yeah, exact yeah, yeah, same yeah. day. Yeah, yeah, That's the exact same wild. second. Storytelling one hundred and one. Yeah. 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 Our eyes opened at the exact commit. same time. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was exactly two weeks. Sunday okay. to the next. Wow. Two Sundays but, after. Yeah. Okay. Did you? Were you dreaming? Was I did yeah, you the dreaming? Dreaming. Oh. Were you dreaming? Dreaming specifically with an apostrophe after the dreaming. Head. Dreaming. Um, were you having dreams in your coma? No, full potato. Like oh, it, yeah? nothing. Exists, nothing at all. Nothing. What? The- you didn't okay. hear. You didn't hear anyone what? be like, my, my. No. At the second <laughs> I woke up, I knew I was awake because they put so much uh, adrenaline into you, and they—that's how they wake you up out of the induced coma—is that they put something into you that just like kind of sparks you back to life and takes off um, all that anesthetic that they've given you. Dude, John Travolta comes in and just goes. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, hold on. Is that a joke that I missed? Why John Travolta? Pulp Fiction. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, sorry. Yes, Uma Thurman. I guess. Yeah. Um, do you stab so, her three times in the sorry. chest? Do you do you think that it's it, do you think it's similar to cryogenesis? Because <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out. Dick no. out, you know, just floating. No. If I'm gonna be frozen. <laughs> Yeah, so maybe you, that maybe that's, that's super too. euphoric. Yeah. A coma is yeah. not euphoric. Yeah. Okay. I'll tell you that. So we think cryo is good. Then. <laughs> that's what We're we pro think. Well, if people what? are spending two hundred thousand dollars for it. Yeah, it better, it better feel like be a massage the entire yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. Um, what is the moment of waking up from from a coma? Like, what? What? It, can you compare that to anything you've ever felt? Um. No. Nothing. Uh. Okay, think about waking up from like the deepest sleep you've ever had. I love that. I love that. But also being like, where the fuck uh. am I? Who are these people? And what happened? Like right. you're so confused. Oh, is it like when you're super drunk and you black out yes, and you and wake, you wake up, up in the morning and you're like, whoa. Home. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, why am I totally, in a totally why like am I random car in a random car down the street that I don't know how I got inside of and I woke up as I was just thinking of a specific moment in my life. A specific exactly yeah. like that. Yeah. I can relate. I can relate to that. I'm empathizing. It feels <laughs> thank you. It feels um <laughs> it's scary. It's definitely scary. Um luckily my dad was right there when it happened. Um I think the scariest part for me though is uh I had a breathing tube, um, like the the branchial branch one, the really scary tree-looking one, and uh, they pulled it out when I woke up. 
Oh. So I saw it come out of my throat. Oh. Whoa. Oh my and that's God. what I woke up to after two weeks of like a deep slumber. Not a great slumber because I was getting a bunch of surgeries. <laughs> but like after two weeks of that, I woke up to this huge thing coming out of my mouth. Um, and then not knowing what the hell happened Just to me. Just chaos. And yeah. a bunch of people around me. And I'm high as fuck. But I'm... I'm I know I'm okay. Yeah. But I still did not put two and two together at that moment. And this was two weeks after the crash. Exactly two weeks after. What yeah. um what surgeries did they do while you were in the coma? Oh, most of them. Um I like, do you like, want to like, hear the give list? Us the, well, give us yeah. the laundry list of before the bones. We, before we do, before we do before we do a little bit of backtrack, when, when was this taken? I think So this, this is your you and your mom. This is me and mom. Yeah, I think this was taken well if we're in wheelchairs, it's definitely two months after. Holy fuck. Because yeah. I wasn't Whoa. allowed. Like, you broke your pelvis. You understand? You have to let it get set. Um, I broke my pelvis and not just that, but I did break my pelvis in five different places. So oh. you have to let it get set. It's not set. a competition. And <laughs> <laughs> I win if it is. Mine hurt too. <laughs> but, but you do have to sit for Fucking a really asshole. long time. And I had to lay down for a long time. And I wasn't allowed to do that for um, eight weeks. Wow. So wow. I laid in a bed for eight weeks. Yeah. So uh, what what surgeries did you go through while you were while you were under? Okay. Um, so I'll start from the top. Yeah. So I have a few injuries that didn't require surgery. They just required like placement, like um, my cheekbone and my collarbone and my ribs. But the ones that did need surgery were so I broke both forearms. Sorry, what does that mean when? Uh, just placement. Yeah. Placement just means that you can't move. Like it, your body is able to um, like re- okay. grow itself properly. So like think when you break your clavicle, a lot of people don't get that refix. You just it sits. You have to be really careful, and your right. body heals itself. So right? you like might have a sling or something like yeah, that to kind of yeah. like hold it in place. That's how my pelvis was. Like I didn't yeah. need like, right. Okay. I didn't need surgery yeah. or yeah. anything like put back together. Okay. Yeah. Well, when I broke my clavicle, I needed to get it set. So whatever, <laughs> winner. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Fucking well, we've clarified it's a it is a tally. competition. So. Yeah, so well, so I got some points too. Fuck you guys. If it's a competition, wouldn't I really be winning? Because I pretty much haven't had to go through any trauma or anything, really. This is true. That's this in the opposite direction. It depends on different game. It depends on where the points are coming from, Brian. I mean, I have cystic yeah, right. fibrosis, so I think I got you all beat. <laughs> Thirty-two years <laughs> of suffering. <laughs> And I'm probably going to die before all of you. So ominous. So I win. <laughs> Dick out. Floating in a tank. Um, okay, so, sorry. Yeah. Uh, Placement surgeries. Placement, that's right. Yes. Um, so the ones that did need surgery were uh, both my forearms, um, and that was the transverse, yep. And yeah. then my right wrist needed a f- two surgeries. Um both of my femurs were transverse as well. Is that what this oh. is? Yeah, that's one of them. The other one, so I only, I Fucking lost hell. all my pictures. My, I, my computer crashed. You lost them all? Well, I got them all right I here. Lost, well, not those ones. Oh. I mean the other ones that were like really juicy, but right. this one's pretty good. Yeah. Um, but the one that was really bad, my other femur had that in two different places though. Oh, um, wow. So that is the transverse break. Um, so that happened to both my femurs and that, so both my femurs are now metal rods, bionic woman. And, um, I also have hip, uh, pins. So holding that all in place. Um, and 
knee pin. So that all needed surgery as well. So my knees, the hips happened when the femurs happened. Um, my left ankle had a surgery that took countless hours, um, which we now know is the big issue. Um, mm-hmm. And because they just tried to mush it all back together. And um, mm. I had a double hernia at that time. And I had a foot of my intestine taken out at that time as well. What's up, girl? Yeah. yeah large intestine, small intestine. Which one? Uh, small. Small intestine? Okay, yeah, where cool, my yeah. ilium is? Yeah. They took have... my large, but what's oh. up? <laughs> can you... Uh, can you Competition. <laughs> can you form solid shit? I think I win there. <laughs> that was actually a really big problem of mine for a really long time, special. that it was too solid. Oh, like chronic, really? Yeah. Uh, yeah, see, I have a no large intestine, so a mine a don't. A mine, I will never see a solid shit again. <laughs> chronic constipation is a very real thing, really? and it's a terrible thing. Yeah, chronic yeah. diarrhea, also a real thing, well, also yes. really terrible. Just saying. Just, I, I know it's not a competition. I'm just saying. I'm like pretty much in the middle all the time. Feels really good, honestly. I, I, I'm proud to say I have gotten regular and I'm very happy about it. I'm taking care of myself. Good All job. right. Good job. Yeah. Thank you. It was really fucking shitty for a few years. Yeah. Also, this episode is brought to you by Post Shreddies. Uh, get your fiber. Get your fiber. Um, I, can we talk about, so I, is this the same, so this leg? Oh, yeah, this happened this to leg, the coma, yeah. yeah. Is, this, is this the engine on your leg burning you? Is that uh, what no, that is? That's actually the airbag exploding on my leg. Whoa. Who would have thought? Yeah. What the fuck? Airbag is filled with a chemical gas. That's is, how it's able to get large and save us, but it also can give you a third degree burn and burn off a large part of your muscle. And that's my donor site for Whoa. the graft. Okay. Yeah. Do you okay. know what that, I mean, it doesn't really matter what the gas is, but that's fucking crazy. I that. don't know the gas. Oh yeah. I should have oh, given a warning for that you one. weren't hungry. That's from, that's from like that. That's the injury from the airbag. So, um, th- I'll, I'll keep this story short and sweet, but, uh, a nurse made an accident in the hospital and ripped off my skin graft. Is that what that is? <laughs> so the uh, skin graft um, stays. That's not an accident. That that's a huge. Fun- it said it's yeah. She made a boo boo and ripped off the new skin. Hey, Let's just say I didn't see her Ready? ever again. It's an accident. <laughs> that sucks. Um. So a skin graft is supposed to not get any moisture, and it's a vacuum seal band aid, pretty much, and it's supposed to stay on for a couple of months. And she ripped mine off after I think I was out of the ice. I was on the trauma ward, so I think I was at five weeks, and she ripped it off, and my skin graft came with it. Oh. And oh. when she just sneezed while she was like <laughs> leaning on you, like a oh, shit. <laughs> She read. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> it was not. Don't tell, like that. don't tell, don't tell. <laughs> Guys. No, it was one of the most painful things ever getting Fuck that. Yeah, it I was, was fully awake. Um, oh, it was no. awful. That and, sucks. Uh, so, like, was it like a was it supposed to be some type of like routine clean up. cleaning and stuff? Clean Maya's wounds. And so you and were that was you not were the wound. watching that's not cleaning. And, yeah. yeah, that was not the wound. And I told her, oh. I said, oh, I don't think that's supposed to happen. Nobody's done that. Can you show oh, us no. like what? Can you do a reenactment of your facial expression? <laughs> I don't think I could. Was like, that you? Yeah, you kind of did it. That was. Good, I yeah. was screaming. My dad came in and. Uh, 
was just like, what the fuck is going on? I was like, dad, if I have all these other issues, why is this hurting so bad? Yeah. And was like, yeah, why is it hurting so bad? And she's, she was pretty much just kind of like, ah, oh, it's fine. It's fine. Did they, did you're just like, you know, you're experiencing a lot of trauma right now. And Meanwhile, I'm, in her head, she's like, fuck. Yeah, she's like, I fucked up so bad. Fuck. Wait, did they just... No, she had no idea that she made a mistake oh, until... Poor that, thing. That is infection weeks later. Um, the other picture. Yeah, uh, so they didn't actually come... <laughs> they didn't come and check in on me Thanks. for weeks. I had to Ow. demand for a uh, doctor to come and look at it for weeks. And then finally, the... forget what type of doctor that is. Oh, a plastic surgeon. Plastic surgeon came in and... He lifted it up because I smelt it. I could smell the infection. You know what? I honestly, jokingly in my head, I was like, ask her what it smelt like. It smelt so bad. Don't do that. That's horrible. But I knew. It smelled so bad. I knew it smelled bad. I could tell. It was so raunchy. And I. It smells bad right there. The smell was what finally. (laughs) That's where it smells the worst, I think. (laughs) Can, can Can they just take the. <laughs> yeah. They, thank you. Could could they just take it though and put it back? Just put it back on top. Put my <laughs> torn off skin. Yeah, yeah. No, it doesn't on. work that way. Right. I love that you're like, they're there. <laughs> there, there. It's, it's like Play-Doh where it just they're, like they spread they're, it back they're. on. Brian, you have torn skin off before. Have you ever thought? <laughs> <laughs> That you can might maybe just put it back on, and if dude, you just don't dude, move I'm just for a saying, while, to be fair, it looks like something would stick to that. <laughs> it does. Oh my god, it does. It, it does. Okay, group, fair enough. Yeah. Is this yeah. um, is this the removal of the bowel? Yeah. So um, that's a that's a pretty like it's extensive. It's big. Yeah. They didn't actually know that I had a problem. They brought me into a CT scan for a checkup when I was in the coma, and they saw something weird. And they asked my dad permission to go in for an exploratory surgery. And they found out I had blood poisoning. So within whoa, a couple of hours, I whoa. could have not been physically here. Whoa, um, wow. So they saved my life. What, but you, what now year I have was this? this big old scar. What year was this? 2013. 2013, okay. Yeah. Wow. Man, wild, wild. Um, that, that's the first step I ever took on my right leg. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Sick Boy Podcast will be right back after this very short break. Hi, I'm Jesse Cruikshank. Jesse Cruikshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout. Because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. I don't think... I, we were talking about all of the surgeries. We didn't get through them, though, did we? Oh, God. Um, well, I've had so many since, too. I've okay. had multiple since. So um, these were all the ones the ones that you first listed were all the ones you had while you big, were in the coma. Yeah, and then I had a lot of injuries that didn't need um, big surgeries, like didn't need metal or anything like that. Um, like my pelvis does... I have no metal in my pelvis. I do in my hip, but not in my pelvis. Um, but that did take eight weeks to set uh, because of where it was broken in the multiple different places. So It's crazy that you like when, when you when you show that photo of you taking that first step like how 
when you get in an accident where you break bones and then you can't walk for a while, I mean, in your case, it's like a really long while. In my case, it was like, like four weeks, really. And above and beyond the bone breaking, like the, the, the physical changes that happen to your body when you can't use it and how that was almost, that was like a huge hurdle for me to get, to get over after four weeks and you're sitting in a wheelchair for... How long? Well, like how long was me. that? Um, this picture was probably taken. I think this was probably at the nine to ten week point because it took me about two weeks even just to learn how to dangle my legs over the bed because of all the nerve damage that happens and mm-hmm. you have to yeah. your blood flow, ha- your body has to get used to even just having that position again. Um, but in total, I was in a wheelchair for about five months. But um, wow. that was while I was learning how to walk and yeah. I mean it really is like you, like learning how to use your body from 100%, scratch 100% yeah 100% I didn't know how to step anymore I didn't know what this new body was doing especially with metal you can feel the metal mm-hmm. in you and um, I don't know how to use that I do now to the best of my ability but at that point Oh God, no! I had no idea what I was doing. Um, I, I know that uh, there's so you know we we've touched on all these horrific injuries and the coma and and, and all that stuff and and if if someone had walked in here tonight and and you know they started listening and watching the show as is right now and they didn't hear anything before this they would look at you and they go damn totally look at, fine look at her she's totally fine and having a great time up there um but i know that there's still a bunch of ongoing issues and one big one now i'm i'm assuming that this is what this is because you and i have talked beforehand um but correct me if i'm wrong it, there's there's a lot going on with your was it your right ankle left left, left ankle is this the avascular necrosis thing yes. okay yes. what is avascular necrosis Avascular necrosis is, so it's when your bone tissue dies because you don't have blood flow, lack of blood flow. Right. Yeah. So um, for me, it happened over time because of the trauma. Um, And also, I mean, over time, I've been walking on something that has been greatly damaged. Um, And on top of that, I have osteoarthritis, so that doesn't help either. But uh, the avascular necrosis has happened because specifically I don't have a good supply of blood in my talus, which is like that main ball in your ankle that allows you to do all that lovely movement that we like to do. Right. Well, I can't never, do in that foot anymore. I've so. never heard what that was called before. That's the first time I've avascular ever heard it. Avascular necrosis. No, the talus. Oh, talus. talus. Yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a cool word too. I haven't heard yeah. any of these words. Yeah. These are all big words for me. So, so. Wait, what is... is what is bone tissue? Uh, like the stuff that the tissue that makes up your bone. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. Tissues. So, tissues that come tissue. out of your bones. Yeah. Because I, I always picture tissue as being like soft, but like a right. papery, yeah. like, a, like a Charmin type of. <laughs> My knowledge product. is uh, that because one of, for the surgeries that I have gone in for when they've tried to uh, fix the avascular necrosis or at least clean up the AVN. It is that outer layer, so they actually okay. go in with like a scalpel and they try to clean it up. So I've had a surgery like that before, where mm. they tried to go in and clean it up before they realized that if they kept going, I would have no talus left. So they can't. That surgery is not going to work. So if that if if that all fails, 
it means that they need to remove your ankle foot foot, uh, foot they, up to the ankle. Yeah, they could. So they could do a replacement. I'm not eligible for one because of the way I also broke my tibia and fibula. Replacement as in a replacement of uh, your just joint. Just the joint. But, oh wow! So yeah, that's right. why <laughs> the other option was. Cut the whole thing off. I, I, amputation. What? I thought you meant replacement mm-hmm. in terms of like they would just take somebody else's foot and put it on yours. Sew it right on, baby. Yeah. I, that's what I, I actually I mean, thought. if you can freeze people and revive them in the future. I mean, it wouldn't be completely obscene. <laughs> well, if you can take lungs out of somebody, a dead person, and put them in a live or person. Or put ashes in a dildo. Yeah. <laughs> More impressive, All, the, probably, all yeah. those things are really impressive to me. Yeah. Um, so, so basically, that's what you're currently looking at right now. Is is yeah. you are, is that is that final? Like they're like we have to cut off your foot. So, it was of last year. So I went through this when you whole, applied to be on the show. It was yes, yes, yeah. So I finally made the decision for myself after working full time as a teacher, realizing that I wasn't going to be able to do what I love with this leg. Um, so many other issues come with it. Because of the way I walk, I have so many other deformed muscles all on my right side because I'm putting like 90% of my body weight on that side without me even recognizing it. Mm -hmm. So I have formed so many other problems. And uh, the pain that I'm in every day is just not something I want to live with. And so I finally came to peace with, I'm going to get this thing cut off. And I know that sounds crazy, Whoa, and a lot a of people wouldn't decision. understand, and I get that. But for me, it was just kind of like, you know, I'm 26 years old. I have a bunch of stuff I want to do still. And a lot of people live a very happy life with a prosthetic. And I, have, I do have a lot of other problems. And if I could start walking properly, which a prosthetic could help me do, then a lot of these other issues and pains that I have on a day-to-day basis would slowly start... Maybe not resolving itself, but getting better. I'd start yeah. seeing an improvement. Mm, yeah. And so I started the process. It's a really long process. I had no idea. You have to go to so many doctors and you have to get them to sign off. You can't just go in and say, cut take, off my leg. Take my leg. I thought you could. <laughs> yeah. I thought you honestly could. I mean, voluntary I amputation is not something that you hear of. It's not common. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Wait, were, you, were you like, did you go into the hostel being like, all right, I'm going to fucking do it. And you walked in, you're like, take my foot. And they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, 100%. This is That's a, exactly what happened. you in for, for 20 22. <laughs> my my like, surgeon what? looked at me like I was a fucking crazy person. Yeah. And I, he said, but we can save your leg. I said, but uh, mm-hmm. the surgery that you're offering me has a super low success rate for someone with my condition. And Could you not do both? Could you not get one and then go, ah, oh, this didn't work the that's way That's exactly what I have chose to do now. Okay. Um, which... I have come to peace with as well. I was so prepared to get this thing cut off. Um, But that's not how it turned out, which is fine. Things Mm -hmm. change. The universe unfolds in strange ways. But I was ready to go across the world with two of my girlfriends that are in the audience right now and bring the ankle everywhere I could possibly bring. You said you say ready to. You did. I did. Mm -hmm. I did. I still did it. Well, we've got a few photos of yeah. that, and, and it's, if if you aren't already, I highly, I highly, highly recommend that you follow Maya on Instagram because you, I have to, I have to commend you on on your ability to, um, to share your 
your like journey of everything that you've gone through in this really open and beautiful and poetic way. Thank um, you. It, 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 like it honestly is a, it, it yeah. And so like, you know, we're going to go through a few of these photos and they're fucking great, but, but it's not even just these photos. It's like your anxiety, your, the issues with your sleeping, like there's all of these things that you're going through and you're, you're putting yourself out there to share your story, your experience. And I, I know for a fact that there's people that are following you and listening to you and seeing these stories and seeing these posts and they are feeling so much less alone because you do such a great job of like of putting yourself out there in a way that is is just offering your experience to 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 basically just tell people like hey you're if you're in the same boat as me like we're together and what's crazy is when we when we announced that we were having you on the show we got a bunch of messages from people that were like, um, avascular necrosis. Holy shit. Like I've been waiting for you guys to talk to someone about this because I'm, that's something that I'm going through. And so anyway, these, these photos are really fucking cool. And I want you to explain what's going on here. So people have an idea. Yeah. So I'll backtrack quickly for a second. Yeah. Right before my girlfriends and I went to Europe in September, three days before, uh, so I had gone to the uh, physiatrist for months, finally got him approval, well, his approval for the surgery. Then he sent me to a prosthesis, got his approval, and then I went to the surgeon. And I was told that the date that I went to the surgeon, I was signing the papers, and then I was going on my trip, and then they would contact me, and I had an open-ended ticket. I wasn't planning on coming home until I had to get the surgery. Right. And... I went into the surgeon's office thinking, I'm signing these papers, I'm about to go on the best trip of my life with my girlfriends, and I'm going to take the coolest fucking ankle pictures known to man. (laughs) 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 And uh, I get into the doctor's office, and he denies the surgery. Whoa. Three Uh. days before that we went to Europe. So I was crushed. I all of a sudden had no plan for surgery. I had no idea what I was doing. I couldn't imagine living on this ankle for much longer. And it also just broke my heart that they didn't understand. I mean, now I, I think about it and I can put myself in their shoes. What was the reason? Mm-hmm. It goes against their morals as a surgeon to take off something that they can attempt to fix. Right. But mm-hmm. it's my body, right? So I'm saying, mm-hmm. you have no idea what I feel on a day-to-day basis and I don't want to be taking opioids anymore. I don't want to be um, laying on the couch the second I get home from work. And I also don't want to be off work anymore. I've been off work since June. I, I know I look okay right now, but as I know many of you understand, we might look okay, but we're not okay. Mm -hmm. And I just, I could not believe that this, this surgeon was telling me that he was not going to do it for me. It kind really of draws uh, some parallel. I don't want this to come across as insensitive at all, but it does draw some parallels to Maid. Maid. I was thinking uh, that, it yeah. was the first thing that came to my yeah. head when you were talking about that. Yeah. You know, it's like it's what what is the oh, what is the, like the doctor's oath? It's like Hippocratic oath. Yeah. The Hippocratic oath. Do no harm. Do mm-hmm. no harm. Yeah, thank you. Um, and which is like that's great. That's a great thing to live by. But also, when someone is like, okay, I get it. But I'm, I'm sitting here telling you that like 
the no harm part of that no harm it's harm would be, would, would be yeah, harm. yeah it would be like causing me the harm to take away this foot so that I can fucking adjust and live my life the way that I could live it if I didn't have to deal with all of the issues and the shit that comes with the this this injury that I have and I mean, it's, it's the same thing with made where it's like yes okay I understand you don't want to kill me right now but by you allowing me to live you are causing me far more fucking harm than you would if I. The, the if challenge I had the is that to. harm is a subjective word, yeah. but with the Hippocratic Oath, they have to make it objective. They have to put rules around it yes. to try to like, yeah. because otherwise, then people can just go off and interpret it whatever way they want yeah. and do what they want with it. But like, it, it's interesting in, in in your case, Maya, that like you look at somebody who has had their foot amputated. And you look at their quality of life and you see the amazing things that people with, uh, who live with amputations are able to do and you look at the pain that you're going through. So it's, it's so hard to understand why they would deny you that. I think I do understand it uh, quite more now. I do understand that with an amputation, there's so many problems that come with that. Sure. And I understand that now. Right. I did a lot of research before, of course. I had to. I had to go through programs. I had to consecutively see my uh, physiatrist and prosthesis. But I guess I didn't quite fathom all the other issues that could happen. And then I also didn't really think about, which now I do understand with my new surgeon and how connected I feel with him and the new surgery that I'm getting. I didn't quite understand that I don't just have a bad ankle. I have a bad everything. Mm. I'm not just someone who wakes mm. up in the middle of the night and has a problem walking to the bathroom because of my ankle. I have a problem walking to the bathroom because I have a bad ankle, but also my hip is fucked up, my back is fucked up, mm. um, my shoulder's fucked up. Like, there's so many other problems. And if I woke up in the middle of the night and had to try to put a prosthetic leg on to go to the bathroom... That's like one more thing. And he had to remind me that that might seem like something that is beneficial, but it's not. Right. You mm. don't have just one problem. You have so many problems, a plethora of mm. issues. Mm. So I, I'm, I'm starting to grasp it more now. Um, I think I'm just more open to the idea of yeah. keeping this thing. <laughs> do, you feel, do you feel like you are, when you... When you were in that mindset that, like, let's fucking chop it off, were you, did you feel like you were really zeroed in on that problem? And now you're, yeah. so, and now you're zooming out and you're, you're seeing like, that perspective that... This was the issue. I actually didn't have as many issues back then as I did now. Like, a lot of problems started back in May, um, which made like, me even more want the surgery. Where May I was of like, 2019? May of 2019, correct. Where I was just like, oh my God, this is awful. Like, work is... I pretty much can't and I work with kids so I'm on my feet constantly and I love my job but I could not do it and also the quality of life of working and then coming home at the end of the day and not being able to do anything I just hated it I hated it so I definitely was very um, focused on getting this surgery done going on this trip enjoying myself and we still went on the trip and we still enjoyed ourselves and we had this mindset of, you know what? Fuck it. We're still going to take ankle picks. Even if the surgery's not happened, that that island that's is Capri. A, that's that's an the island yeah. of Fuck Capri. Yeah, epic. Yeah. I love that one. The island of Capri with the moon above. I love that photo. 
Oh, oh come on, you can't not. You know what I mean? That's photoshopped. Can you imagine what people saw of us trying to get this photo, though? Also, why are they so little over there? Okay. Yeah, whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, you hit some, you lose some, whatever. Uh, oh, look at that. Why are they so little over there? Imagine there was a real human body in there and that guy was cryogenically frozen. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I like this one. Is this uh, in uh, uh, Vegas? Vegas, yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's my parents. Aww. In Mexico, yeah. We thought that this was the trip that we decided the surgery was happening. I decided with them. And right. we sat down. We had two weeks in Mexico together. And I said, this is what I think I need to do. And they both agreed. And... Um, we just we didn't know the next time we were going to see each other. They were obviously going to come down for the surgery, and yeah. they still are going to for when I get my other surgery. But at this point, it was kind of like, <coughs> holy shit, this is actually going to happen, and we're all at peace with it. And so we got this ankle pick, and it's, it's the so cutest cute. fucking picture. Your your family looks they're so sweet. It kind of reminds me of like the that type of that photo that was. That everyone was doing for a while, where like the the girl leads the guy's hand, like yeah. Yeah. but with a foot. But with yeah. the ankle. I I know that your your mom's entire um, recovery story is a, another another story and another t- entire journey. But um, I am really interested in in knowing what that like first moment was like when you saw her after you were able to like come out of the coma and realize what had happened. My dad told me that the first thing I asked, and I don't actually really remember asking this. I do remember when they pulled the big thing out of my throat um, because it was extremely traumatizing. But I remember that moment, but I don't really remember having any form of conversation with anyone. But my dad said the first thing I asked was, is mom alive? Mm. So clearly I knew we were in a car crash. But I don't remember having that conversation. I remember a few days after, like, tripping balls on morphine and having crazy thoughts and seeing some crazy things. But I don't remember having very uh, in-depth conversations with anybody. But I clearly knew that had happened. And they didn't actually let us see each other for quite a while because we were in the ICU and it's pretty strict over Mm -hmm. there. And my mom was uh, in critical condition. Um, And when my dad actually got to the Calgary... I think we were at Foothills Hospital. Yeah, Foothills Hospital. Um, They actually told my dad that they already signed her papers as deceased. Wow. Holy shit. So my sister, brother, and dad all got there, and they said, say your goodbyes. And, I mean, I can only imagine what that felt like in the moment for my family. Yeah. But a doctor came in and did a bunch of work on her stomach and a blood transfusion, and... She's here because of that guy. Yeah. And uh, I mean, we didn't get to see each other for a really long time. But when I did, I remember we were both laying flat on our bed still. Mom had the breathing tube in for a really long time, so she couldn't talk. Um, But I remember getting rolled in. And I think I was going for like a CT scan or something. And I remember getting rolled in and we touched hands. And that was the first oh. time. Why we didn't even see each other. We couldn't physically see each other, but we touched hands. So that was oh. special. Um, but uh, after that, eventually we got to see more and more of each other. And eventually we started going outside in the uh, wheelchairs together and then going to like a park together. And But then she was uh, 
flown to Kelowna and then Vancouver to see specialists because they couldn't mm-hmm. figure out what was wrong with her uh, insides. And so I actually had to say goodbye to her for a really long time. And I stayed in Calgary and she came back to BC. So that was really hard to Ooh. be away from both my mom and my dad. In, uh, go ahead. In terms of uh, trauma around the car accident and your mental health, um, do you have troubles getting into cars now? And, and like, how does that affect your, your mental health uh, currently? I'm pretty good with getting into vehicles now if I'm driving. Um, or if it's my very close friends that I know their driving ability and I know that they're like not going to be on their phones, obviously they're not impaired, you know, um, I trust them. Uh, but even like getting it into an Uber here sometimes scares the shit out of me, but it's not something that I allow to take over anymore for the first, I'd say about two years was really bad. Really bad, but I've definitely moved past that, and I was eventually able to start driving. I think I started driving again like a year after, but like only in my small town where it was like hometown, like back roads, you know, very slow with family, someone always in the car. But over the last couple of years, I've gotten so comfortable. Um, I would prefer me driving anyways. I I know my ability to drive. I know that I'm not impaired, so... We're going go-karting tomorrow night. Do you want to come? <laughs> Absolutely. Fuck <laughs> yeah, all right. Um, I, want to, uh, I want to tread a little bit carefully with this last question that I'm going to ask you. Um, when I... When, after, I, after I was hit, um, which was a very different... I wasn't in a car. I was on a bike, and uh, I hit a, a car hit me, and um, and... There wasn't nowhere near the same amount of like of damage, um, but one thing that people kept asking me right afterwards were they were kind of like they were kind of like yo fuck that guy like fuck that guy you know he deserves the, 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 the and all this and and I didn't really know what to think because I was you know it was a it was blur and you know um. And he wasn't drunk. How do you... What happened to him or her? I don't know. And, and how do you feel about that? How do you feel about that person? How do you... How do you yeah, how do you deal with that? I, I luckily have not held a grudge against it. And I'm really grateful that I haven't because I've, I've seen a lot of people hold on to that grudge. Um, I'm a part of Mothers Against Drunk Driving. And uh, I go to a MAD show every April where we spend about four days together. And at that conference, I meet a lot of people who hold so much pain towards that person. And that is completely fair because that's a way that they express their grief. But I also see that it makes it harder for them to move on. And I saw that with my mom. And she has come to uh, work through that grief. But I, I didn't go to any of the court dates. I didn't have any con- contact with her. Obviously, I didn't want to talk to her. But she did try to reach out through letters to say that she was sorry. And it was... It was almost like me just 
putting up this wall, it did protect me in some ways. And that might not be the healthiest way of dealing with it, but it was my way of dealing with it. Because when I was sitting in that car for whatever, 45 minutes, who was right across from me? Her. Yeah. She was sitting there because they had to wait for the cops to come and then they could smell alcohol on her breath, but they didn't do the test there. Uh, I, for some fucked up reason, there's some issues going on over there, but I know that it took them a really long time for them to get her to the hospital and for them to deal with whatever they had to with her. But I was right across from her the whole time and that was all I needed. That was the longest I needed to be around her and I can't say anything negative other than she made a really shitty choice. I hope that she has found a way to overcome her difficulties with alcohol because she already had um, uh, quite a few DUIs and she didn't have a license or wasn't even her car. So, (laughs) Um, Mm. but uh, I feel like if I held a grudge on that situation towards her specifically, I wouldn't have been able to take care of myself the way that I have. And I wouldn't have been able to work with people from MAD and uh, work in this type of setting either and comfortably talk about it. Um, So I feel okay about it. I'm not okay, obviously, with what happened to me and what keeps happening to people every single day. Um, But at least I'm not holding on to that and I'm able to openly talk about it and hopefully get people to understand that there is an issue. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 Yeah, thank you for... That was uh, an incredibly honest answer mm-hmm. and I know that it and I know that it takes it takes a lot to not to work against that that urge to mm. to feel to, to harbor some really negative feelings towards somebody when when something like that happens so thank you for for that answer and and thank you for for answering yeah thank you <laughs> Maya um, out of all of this that you've gone through what would you say is the biggest thing that it's taken away from you taken away from me yeah I think the freedom to do what I choose because as much as I am aware that I can I can do whatever I want I've gone traveling I've lived on my own I've I've had an amazing job I went to school hell I completed school after all that I know I can do a lot but I still don't have the ability to truly do whatever I want to do because I have a huge limitation and that is if I push myself, whether that's work or you know, just going for a walk or something one day, and it's a little bit too much, I could have multiple days in bed because of pain. And that's where I have to also, I just know I have a limit. And it is a painful limit. And it's not just physically painful, it's you know, mentally and spiritually painful too because that's where the anxiety and PTSD comes in. Um, it reminds me, you know, of what happened and that I'm not capable of even going for an hour walk sometimes or going out with my friends for the night or going to a music festival. I can't do those things anymore and I'm young and I want to do those things, but I'm not capable of doing them to the extent that I would have been able to. And I hate to compare the two versions of Maya, but how can you not? It's just, that's my that's realism that's just how it is Mm. so the freedom to do whatever I want in whatever moment 
physically and even mentally too you know i'm there's some days where i'm not going to leave the apartment because i'm just not i'm not okay i'm mm-hmm. not there or i haven't slept um because of ptsd or insomnia um it has limited me greatly but i think trying to always be you know more optimistic um it's taken away a lot, but it's given me so much more. Well, that's the second part of my question. <laughs> What's the biggest thing that it's given you? <laughs> it's super cliche, but I know that we all say it. Life is short. <laughs> mm. But not only is life short, things happen super quickly. And most of the time, or at least a lot of the time, we don't get to choose what happens to us. And after the crash, I realized that I needed to make changes in my life to be happy with who I am as a person. And that included surrounding myself with people that bring me up and radiate positive energy and put myself in an environment that makes me happy and just start loving who I am. And not saying I didn't love who I was before, but I don't... I don't think I recognized that things happen quickly. People come out of your life quickly. And anything, at any, any moment, something can happen like a car hitting you. And so when I started to embrace life as much as I could, I started to recognize that putting myself fully in the moment, so being mindful in a moment with a person, whether I'm having a conversation with them, or I'm in an amazing place and I'm just fully taking in that beautiful atmosphere and environment, or I'm just having a really nice moment with myself, I realize I'm capable of making even the smallest moment feel so much longer than it is. Mm. So that's because I'm making it extremely meaningful and it's given me this ability to make moments super meaningful. I think that's the most beautiful answer to that question i would have to agree yeah yeah Yeah. thank you it's not a competition brian (laughs) so all the other guests on sick boy whatever your answers were whatever um i'm just kidding maya i want to just i want to take a second to uh commend you for for doing what i think a lot of people would look at and, and think is pretty scary to get in front of a huge group of strangers. Well, sort of strangers. I mean, you, you clearly know these fucking people over here. Um, I told you they'd be rowdy. But to get in front of a bunch of strangers and to, to literally like relive um, the hardest moments of your entire life. Um, thank you for that because there's, there's, there's something to be said for the value in that, um, whether or not there's value in that for yourself, maybe there is, Absolutely. but there's most certainly something to be said for the value in, in the, in what you've just offered to this entire room. Um, we were just recently speaking about how, how, stories are like one of the most important ways that we communicate and teach others. And that is what you did here tonight. You stood up here, you told your story and you have 
for sure, and I'm speaking on behalf of myself, but I, I feel like I, I could safely say I'm speaking on behalf of myself and, and a number of other people here tonight, that your story has touched me deeply, touched us deeply, and there's definitely something to be taken from this. So thank you. Thank you, thank you for, so now, thank you for doing this. Well, having said that, which, you know, this is all very important, but um, this, this, would be, this would be nothing if it weren't for people like yourselves mm. who are on the other end to actually hear those stories. Because it's, you know, you hear it and then you take this and you, you learn from whatever it is that you've taken from tonight and this will now trickle out outside this room. And this will now have an effect on the people that you surround yourselves with. And that's how this fucking works. So I want to say thank you to all of you who have taken the time out of your lives to whether or not you've been listening to the show forever and you've, you've been subscribing and, and supporting us from the beginning or whether you were just dragged out here tonight with your fucking partner because you didn't know what you were walking into. <laughs> You're now a part of this. Right. And so... A whole bunch of cry, cryo <laughs> yeah, dildo <Ow>! jokes. <laughs> so thank you for being the people who listen because these stories would mean nothing if there wasn't someone on the other side. And that's where you come in. Uh, it means the fucking world to us. And I, I can't thank you enough. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so for the sake of the recording... That is it for this week. I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Maya. And this is Sick Boy. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.